0: Welcome to To Know the Love of Christ. Okay, welcome back. Today, we are going to cover chapter 7, 1 through 23. But before we get into the study, let's recap last episode. In verses 45 through 56 of chapter 6, we read about Jesus walking on the sea And how he meant to pass by them as he saw them struggling. But instead they called out to him and he got into the boat with them and calmed the sea immediately. Or I should say the wind ceased immediately. And then we read about him arriving in Gennesaret. Where he is immediately swarmed by the people for healings, for everything. And he does so without any complaining, without any stressing without anything he continuously does god's will willingly so pause here read the, the scripture and then start back up again and join us in the conversation
1: all right so let's go ahead and get into it so mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 23 and the the these particular verses are all about the traditions and commandments of the pharisees um when I was reading this, the first thing that that stood out to me was, we never really realize how much traditions like they're just that the like their're traditions, and sometimes they don't even make sense, and sometimes we've done the traditions for so long that we really don't even know why we do them. and that's kind of what I thought about with with the Pharisees here, you know, um you look at in verse two. Um, it says that they saw some of his disciples as Jesus's disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is unwashed, you know, so these, the apostles, um, hadn't washed their hands, they're eating, or his disciples, um, haven't washed their hands and they're eating. And immediately the Pharisees are all judgmental. Like it was kind of like one of those things, um, I I thought about like with our kids, like I'm always getting on Andre about washing his hands. And I don't know why. I have, Little boys are just nasty in so many different ways. And I can't tell you how many different times I've told Andre. Like, I will hear him use the bathroom, he flushes, and he immediately walks out of the bathroom. And I'm like, Andre, did you wash your hands? And I already know the answer to it because you were in and out in a matter of seconds. So I know you didn't. And he'll just give me this face like, um, oops. You know? But then I I think about that, too, and it's just like, I think about, like, when he's going to school or when he's other places without me or without Daddy. Are you washing your hands, you know? And obviously, it's to keep us healthy. That's not a tradition. I want you to do that because it's just nasty not to. But here, it's just, they were so hung up on traditions that they just couldn't even, they let that something like, something so small like that just mess up their thinking in different areas and then obviously we we know that as time goes on it's little things like this that they start to get mad with jesus and they start to plot to crucify him so i just thought you know traditions are cool and fun to have but sometimes like we don't even know why we do them and i and i also was thinking too i really want to know like how many of these pharisees Every time wash their hands like they were supposed to. I think they would do it all the time if they were being seen by other people. Um I think about that passage and I don't have it marked or pulled up right now, but the passage's passage where Jesus tells them like you notice the Pharisees praying in the streets and um, you know, talking to themselves with their verses and like they do it because they want to be seen by other people. And he, tell, he tells his disciples, like, they've already got their reward. You know, that's that's what they want to be rewarded with. They want to be rewarded by se- being seen by other people. But it's what you do behind the clor- closed doors and in your everyday life that really matters. So I felt like I was kind of rambling on. But that was the first thing mm-hmm. I noticed. Um, Stephanie, what were some things that you, you noticed? Well, like you were talking about with the washing of
2: the hands, that was a a purification of like Mm -hmm. ceremonial impurity that they picked up in the marketplace. And from what I could find, historically speaking, they'd have to like immerse their hands all the way past their wrists. Like they would like it wasn't just like pouring now they could pour from a jug too, but it had to be a pure vessel. And so all these vessels that they poured from had to be purified. And I mean this is something that we've seen time and time again with the Pharisees. And it's easy for us to point this out because we see it in the scripture, but what they're doing is they're taking. You don't even have to go past or beyond what the law of God is. They were taking their their thoughts and their traditions and putting them equal with God's law or above God's law, and so God, you know, Jesus is calling them out on it here, and Jesus basically took what they were prizing as being spiritual, and they were holding up, and he's saying, this completely misses the mark. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the wording of someone else, it undercuts the message of God. Like, you are taking it, and you're completely missing the point. And he calls them hypocrites, which he does that more than once, more than just here. Um, But what I notice is that they are, it doesn't say they're trying to trick him here, and in fact, something that I found said that they could honestly just be assessing him to see if he's a false teacher here um, because it doesn't say they're checking. But, I mean, we've seen throughout the scripture how their heart is because Jesus has mm-hmm. called them out on it. So, I mean, right. I have a hard time believing that any of this is a pure motive. But even if we took it from that stance, you know, Jesus very quickly cuts it off with that um, quote from Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. And so, you know, he. I love that verse in, or I love that phrase in verse nine. You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God. And, you know, sometimes we'll say stuff like that, like, you're doing a fine job of showing, you know, that you're. whatever it is, it ends up sarcastic typically. (laughs) But he's basically. saying, you know, basically, you are doing really great at doing a horrible job here.
0: You are excelling. <laughs> You're an
2: expert in hailing right here. Um, I just see a little bit of his humor, I think, in Burke's
0: mind, and that always tickles me. So. But, sorry. I'm rambling now. Um, the <laughs> um, these so-called leaders of the Jews, you know, they're considered respected men. Um, I don't think it was a um observation trip i think it was they came they travel they, they deliberately traveled long distances with malicious intent oh, yeah. because jerusalem if if they're still in Genesaret and they traveled from jerusalem that's approximately 80 miles and you know his fame what who are you laughing that's, at? A,
2: that's a pretty pretty lengthy petty trip
0: Yeah, well, they were petty, you know. They were very petty. petty. (laughs) And you know, it's concerning traditions of their own creations. You know, in Leviticus eight six, before Aaron and his sons could be priests for the people, they had to be consecrated, (laughs) and part of that required Moses to wash them. And they literally had to be clean before they could be priests. But that was just part of it. Exodus 3, 17 through 21, the Lord required a basin for Aaron and his sons to wash their feet and hands before entering to tabernacle. So like all the required washings had to do with priests and serving in the tabernacle, but they're like taking it, you know, to a whole new level, you know, that they're using their clout, so to speak, like, hey, we are the ones in charge. We are the wise ones. You are petty little peasants, you know. You listen to us. So through the generations, the Pharisees and the scribes began requiring it of the people for everything. You know, verse three, it says all. So they made traditions a requirement. Yeah. And it's times like these, like,
1: um, you know, this isn't the first time the Pharisees end up getting tripped up by Jesus either. You know, Um, he, he and we know at some, at that point, that's when they start, you know, really getting petty. Like we need to trick them. We need to get them caught up so that we can crucify him and and get rid of him and different things like that. But if you read in verse eight, it says you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of tradition of men. Until Jesus came along, I, I don't know, and we will never really know, but until Jesus came along, I don't know how often the Pharisees were doing things that they felt were just right because they were so gung-ho on making sure they held to the law of God, to the commandment of God, or it, or if it was like D said, some of it could have been to you, like we've got, we're this clout, like we're the big boys, right? So we can add in whatever it is that we want to say, and you all will follow along, as far as it goes with traditions and different things like that. But, you know, the, these men are the people, are, these men are who the Jews went to when they were wanting to learn the law, when they were teaching in the synagogues and different things like that. So they hold the commandment of God. They're the ones that are supposed to be upholding it apparently better than anyone. And then not only does Jesus call them hypocrites, but it's like verse eight, this is very much an insult. Like you leave the commandment of God. Like if I were a Pharisee and I heard Jesus said, say that to me, like I would be taken aback, like, excuse me. Like, I'm here I'm the one that's upholding the law of God. like I'm in the synagogues teaching the people and trying to make sure they understand what's and you tell me that I leave the commandment of God like that's very much an insult and and he says, not only do you leave the commandment of God, but you hold true to the tradition of men, you know it's almost to to a certain extent of saying, you don't even believe the commandment of God anymore because you're so stuck on the traditions of men. you're so stuck on your own. Traditions, and I was just when I read that, I was kind of like, you yeah, I kind of hate to be in there." uh sandals. Yeah, like if you go over to Matthew 23, and um,
2: that's the woe to, mm-hmm. I love that passage. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't love that passage, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so um, Jesus, there, I mean, it, he's basically saying what you've been saying, Brittany. He says the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and call no man, your father on earth for you have one father who is in heaven. Um, You know, he, he just kind of rips in the new one in Matthew. Yeah. Um, But it's just so interesting to me just how far the Pharisees take it. And I know, you know, we see this in the church today with some people, um, and we have to be careful. I mean, Jesus warns of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Pharisees. And we have to be careful of that still today. It's not just a first century thing. Mm-hmm. But something you said got me to thinking, you know, a lot of times we talk about Israel post-Babylon. You know, they, they are so steep in steeped in idolatry that they go into captivity multiple times. And it's so bad the very last time they never go back. Like... We always talk about, well, God finally, you know, they have purged it, but I wonder if they did, because when Mm -hmm. you look at the Pharisees, I really, what I see, anyway, is they take the law and they idolize it. They put it above the lawmaker, which is still an idol. True. But, I mean, they were so afraid. I mean, at the very best, they were so afraid of going back into that place of of disobeying God that they take the law and it's like okay this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We ain't going back there people. So we're doing it and then they start kind of if that's the motivation saying that it is, assuming it is they are so afraid of that that it eventually like mutates and deforms into this Mm -hmm. and it's you know well we like you said the plow. like look at us we got this. You know we know what we're doing and you need to follow us and, you know, if we add a little
0: extra, it's for your own good. You know, I thought, too, while y'all were talking, I guess maybe not all of them were malicious. I mean, most of them were because they eventually killed him. But, I mean, we, we read about Paul. You know, he said he was zealous for God and the law. So he well, could have like been. Yeah. So they that that was all they knew. You know, they, oh, it's the traditions. This, this, like you said, they put it above the lawmaker, but, but I like how Jesus answers, so like six through one through six, or one through eight, rather, he answers them specifically. And then six through 13, he's addressing this issue with the people. But I like how Jesus always goes to scripture. Whenever there's some sort of, you know, issue, mm. he always is quoting scripture, you know, and like you said, To follow traditions rather than God's will is not a new problem, in the religious world. You know, we still have that today.
1: Yeah, which is which is really unfortunate because, you end up having a lot of, like the fair. You end up having a lot of issues in the end, like, and we're so, we're so worried about not, looking like everybody else that we end up making everything a doctrinal issue Mm -hmm. when it is not and we end up hurting the church that way. And it's it's also a sad thing because we're we're so gung ho about sticking to the Bible and we should, but like you said, Stephanie, like we end up idolizing this over the creator of this or the one who wrote these words and then you end up putting all your own stuff in here and now you can't even tell tradition apart from scripture. And that, that's really sad, you know? There's a lot of power in in these words. Obviously, throughout the entire the Bible, these words hold lots of power. And in, and in the hands of the wrong individual, you could take the word of God, something that is so precious and so true, and you can end up doing a lot of damage yep. with these yep. words. And we've seen that before, and I feel like, while the pharisees may not have gone to like a jim jones extent drink you know got people drinking this kool-aid and stuff like that i still feel like they did a decent amount of damage Mm -hmm. because you have people trying to hold traditions and like we read back like stephanie mentioned back over in matthew 23 like you create all these traditions and it's just like you yourselves pharisees can't even hold up these things like you, you're putting their weight so much weight on other individuals and you can't even hold it up yourself but every chance that you get when you're in front of these people you're going to make sure you 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 present yourself as this super holy person so that nobody else will stem away or nobody else will try and move away from the laws or traditions that y'all have put in place you know it's just a mess up situation all around
0: i feel like rick
2: and i have been in this this passage forever. Like.
0: Why?
2: It's always in our conversation. In fact, I know he jokes with Harm a lot. He's like, oh, it's Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our little joke. But I mean, we talk about this, this little concept here in 9 through 13 a lot. Because mm-hmm. we see it a mm-hmm. lot in our own lives with different people. Excuses that people make. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to justify something, like you said, the scripture in the wrong hands. Which really, the scripture in the wrong heart is the issue. The scripture is never the issue. It's the, it's the soil. It's,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, people take the scripture and twist it to fit what they want. And in doing so, we become pharisaical, which is something that Jesus you know, warns us to guard against. But, I mean, it's so telling, I guess, about what we struggle with in our own lives, with what we use as Corbin, with what we say... Sorry, we haven't even talked about Corbin. For those of you listening, if later in the passage, um, in verse 11, whatever you would have gained from me is Corbin that is given to God, they would say this when, you know, um, in this context right here, when they were talking to their parents, like, hey, I know you really need food, but I already gave all my money to God. Sorry. I guess this would be something cultural. Corbin would have been,
0: you know, not necessarily...
2: Mm -hmm commanded by God. I don't know about that. Do y'all know about
0: no, that? No, I think that's the only place in the Bible it said, actually. Yeah, and so, yeah.
2: But basically, I can't give this to you because I've already dedicated it to the Lord, which there's nothing wrong with dedicating things to the Lord, but when it contradicts what God has told you to do especially your father and mother, which right. do, involves yeah. taking care of them and providing for them if they need that, um, you know, especially we see people in sandwich generation, those who have kids at home and their parents are ill and they're having to take care of that, um, you know that's that's a thing but we can't allow our traditions our prejudices about the way things should be in life color you know the commandments of god we can't allow that that's fair sayable like i said now i'm talking in circles someone else talk please
1: (laughs) okay so anyways let's jump on (laughs) let's jump down i thought i had something else to say in that area but i don't um So then when we look at verses 14 through 23, Jesus speaks about what actually defiles a person. Um, And so in verse 15, he said that there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Um, And so if we jump down to verse 21, he talks about for, from within, out of the heart of a man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, uh, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So Jesus is saying, listen, they don't wash their hands. It's not that big of a deal. Brittany's opinion, should you be eating your food with dirty hands? No. But obviously, if that's what you choose to do, I mean it's not gonna defy it's not gonna make make you a dirty person and we know here that jesus is speaking spiritually whereas the pharisees were always seemed to be always more on the physical side of things you know it about it was for them it was always about the actions like don't do that you know you can't untie your donkey or you can't you can't you can't do this that and the third because that goes against the sabbath and different things like that um they're defiling themselves because they've taken the word of god and they deceived it now they may not necessarily be doing sexual immorality and different things like that but there is some um well obviously we know eventually there will be some evil thoughts because they're ready to get rid of jesus you know they take the word of god and they've twisted it so there's some Some lying to a certain extent kind of going on here and different things like that. And so it's more spiritually speaking about what makes the person dirty or filthy.
0: You know, verse 14, um, it shows the authority here. Because it says, you know, Jesus says, hear me, all of you, and understand. So it's what? Hear me. Who? All of you who hear. You know, and why? To understand. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a purpose to what he's about to say. And I made a mistake earlier. I said that he was addressing the, the Pharisees in 1 through 8. It was actually 1 through 13. Now he's addressing the people about this issue. But um, mm-hmm. I know y'all have ESV. I was reading. I had all different kinds of translations out. But New King mm-hmm. James has verse 16 in there y'all don't have a verse 16 but it says if anyone has ears to hear let him hear now some manuscripts include this like the king new king james but because um, that was a common saying that jesus would have said so i mean it, not all manuscripts have it or not all um versions yeah, well, i mean and that that would indicate that not all manuscripts
2: have it
0: yeah it depends on what they're taking it from yeah but i like how um 17 through 19 he's he explains to his disciples what he meant you know and then the new king james it says his disciples i mean excuse me in esv it says his disciples but if you go to matthew fifteen fifteen, it's peter who asks this you know about this issue and i found that interesting because in acts 10 it's an issue with him about eating what's clean and unclean and also in 1 Corinthians, they, they have this issue as well. So right here, Jesus is negating the whole clean and unclean with food. You know, Acts 10, 9 through 16, Peter's vision, you know.
2: Here, Jesus has taken care of that. It obviously didn't sink in. Nope. You know, yes. I can't say that it would have sunk in for me either. That's, <laughs> that's years and years. A whole nation of people from beginning yeah. to now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that has been told, no, you cannot. Mm-hmm. And so that would have taken a while. I mean, even in our own lives,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, like, when you get married, things change. You're allowed to do things you couldn't do before. And, like, your mind has to wrap around it. Like, mm-hmm. there are things, it's okay to walk out here without clothes on. As long as nobody else is around, <laughs> except for yourself. You know, that's not okay before you're married. Um, but, um, you know, like, when, when mm-hmm. that happens, it's not just... Your brain automatically says, "Oh, this is fine." Mm-hmm. Like you still you still struggle with it. So I'm sure with them, it it's going to take a lot longer. Um, but I don't. I really my mind immediately went to Proverbs four twenty three with this part of the passage: "Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life." Um, and then James one fourteen as well. Let me pull that one up. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And so, you know, the things that come out of us are different. Things Like, we have our own desires, and so what might come out of you that's evil wouldn't be the same thing necessarily that is from me. And so, we all have to guard our own hearts, not just in a generic way, but in a specific way. We have to know what we're safeguarding against and what entices us. And, you know... Obviously, they come from within, but they have to get in there to begin with. It's not, I mean, we don't believe in original sin. So, you know, we don't think that we're born with sin. But there are certain things that each of us, because of our personalities and our circumstances and our, I guess, the nurturing that we had in our childhood, things we were exposed to, each of us have different things that, I guess, call to us or that each of us struggles with. And they got there somehow, you know, because we live in a fallen world. Because, you know, um, because each of us have had different lives, you know, that's going to look differently for each of us. And Jesus knew that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 20 through 23, Jesus is concerned with our hearts. You know, foods, washings, etc. doesn't affect one's soul for salvation it's what comes out of the heart that shows the soul's state of being the commandments of god his will you know that's what shapes the hearts by entering the heart kind of like what you were saying thus coming out of the heart and 21 through 22 is he's pretty detailed about the different evils that come out of our hearts you know yeah how much more can we ask for you know like what else if the first time, uh, you know, Jesus is actually listing sins, you know, specific sins. It's like going to the doctor and finding out you have some sort of condition and, you know, or at least for me. And then I'm like, oh, what do I do or, what don't I do? What foods do I eat or what foods do I avoid? You know, wh- what precautions to take, what actions or exercises that'll help? I mean, how great is this that Jesus is specifically listing sins? Oh, okay, but like you said, it's different. Me, yeah. different from me than from you, but still, these are the things that could affect our, our, and you know, and they're different too from Matthew nine to Mark thirteen, which are more or less. Um, there are extras and additional sins, I guess you could say. I did find something pretty cool um,
2: researching, and it said that other teachers were occasionally recorded has said similar things to what Jesus said up there in 14 and 15 about um, just the whole idea that it's not what goes in but comes out. Mm-hmm. But they would have never said it in public like this. It would have been very rare and in private so that they avoid disobeying the literal rules of the law. Um, mm-hmm. But what it said is really cool. This distinction emphasized in the law um it constituted one of the main barriers between Jews and Gentiles. And so this would have paved the way for table fellowship between the two cultures Mm. because you wouldn't have been able to eat with a Gentile before because it would have been unclean. True. But I thought I I didn't realize that. I mean, obviously they have other things that what we would call extra biblical resources, Mm -hmm. um, other historical documents that uh, that had accounts of people teaching the same kind of thing. Um, then of course they don't have the authority of Jesus, but on top of that, like they would have done it in private. And so this was very bold of him to do this in public. And he just give the Pharisees another thing to crack. <laughs> wow. Not like they weren't already looking as we've discussed, but yeah, I just found that really new. I'm such a dork.
0: Um, That's why we love you.
2: Yes, I hope so. <laughs>
1: okay well I don't think I have anything else to add I think that was covered covered pretty well um so moving on before we get ready to close out this episode where do you see
0: the love of Christ d I see it in verse 14 it says and he called the people to him again and said to them hear me all of you and understand I mean it's he says it with authority, he's addressing an issue, he's but he's you know, it's almost a plea. Hear me, all of you, and understand. You know, it's it's I could just hear him, you know, wanting us to be with him, love him, follow him. So that's where I see his love. Stephanie
2: in this passage but just throughout the whole gospel how he addresses people that would I guess tear down the confidence of people who are serving God you know the Pharisees were so quick to jump in and be harsh with people it seems like I mean at least they were with Jesus very strict and almost rude I mean I think they're rude um (laughs) But a lot of times when you look at religious leaders, and I mean, that's where we sometimes look to see what should be done and how he addresses them and how he gives us this example in a way of how we can't always depend on them. Obviously, they're not the standard. And so while we can look to them as an example sometimes, he shows here that, you know, it's not always as it seems. And You can be pleasing to God without looking like them. Does that make sense? I feel like that was really weird.
1: No, it makes perfect sense because that's what I see. the love,
2: (laughs) Putting them in their place.
1: I was sitting here and you were talking and I was just like, that's my thought. But it is though. It's it's like, you see the love of Christ and I'm not going to harp on it too much because Stephanie pretty much said what I was going to say too. I see the love of Christ in Jesus's boldness. And I love the fact that we are called to be like him. And so the same boldness that Jesus has, we can have too, you know, and it just reminds me, sometimes you come across people who might be a little more intimidating or different things like that, or, you know, they're just spouting out verses left and right. And sometimes you never really pay attention to what they're saying, but the fact that they just know all these verses by memory, it's a little bit intimidating, But here it's like Jesus is saying, you know what? Y'all are spouting off these verses. Y'all claim to hold up the commandment of God. And really you have no clue what you're talking about. And I love you so much to the point that I'm going to rebuke you and I'm going to do it in love. And however you perceive me in the end, that's on you. But knowing Jesus and who he is, this always came from a place of love. It never came out of malicious intent or anything like that. Like, he loves the Pharisees as much as he loved the Jews who were consistent, consistently steeped in idolatry and different things like that. And it just always comes from a place of love, and that's where I see it. Being bold and never being afraid to stand up for the truth, but always making sure that you do it in love. We want to thank you again for joining us today. Please, if you have any questions or comments feel free to contact us. We would love to study with you or connect you with someone local. As always, we hope you will seek to know the love of Christ in your own life. And until next time, bye.
0: Bye. Bye. You can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to click like and share this episode with family and friends. In doing so, you're sharing the love of Christ.